0: Bibles, if you would, please. I'm so grateful to be here with you. We're looking forward to the week. I want to say thank you for making us feel right at home. Uh, We've been welcomed very much here and I already feel uh, just uh, right at home with you. And uh, there's a lot of things to compliment you on. I was thinking about this this morning. Choir did a wonderful job. Uh, There's not a lot of churches that have choirs anymore. And so, and then the ones that do tend to cancel when we come because they have us do all the music and so uh, I understand what they're doing, but I, we like to hear choir. And so we appreciate you all singing this morning. Appreciate that very much. And uh, uh, your building, you all care about your building. And uh, it's obvious, uh, because uh, every little place that we go, there's a little touch of something somewhere. I came in the back way, and there's a nice little prayer branch, or I don't know what you call it over here, and just little decorations and things. I don't know what you call it, all right? My wife would know better than I do, but uh, just every little place, there's not, doesn't seem to be a place that's neglected. So uh, that's a wonderful thing, and you're to be commended for that. Romans chapter 16, if you turn there with me. Romans chapter number 16, we do have our table with material here. For the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to talk about it. I'll highlight a product from there each night and tell you a little bit about it. But right now, I'm the only thing standing between us and lunch. And so uh, that's a dangerous spot. So we're going to dive right in, all right? Dear Lord, I pray you'd help me uh, as I preach. Fill me with your spirit. All is vain unless the spirit is in it. And so, Lord, I pray you'd fill me with your Spirit. Help me to be an encouragement to these good folk. In your name, I pray. Amen. How do we know when we're when we're arguing with someone how important it is? You ever wonder that? Doesn't it seem like people are arguing over the craziest stuff? I mean. I, I've done this experiment sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I'm on social media, some social media, and, uh, and I'll do something like, uh, some, you know, the sky is blue. And, uh, you know, some people will like it. Other people say, yeah, it is. I, I love the sky. I've done this. I'm not making this up. Then I, someone will get on there and disagree. <laughs> well, actually, Brother Ben, you know the sky has no color it's just reflecting the color from the oceans of the of the earth etc and they'll get into this now there's a little bit of truth to that because the sky I mean air doesn't have color to it but the sky is still blue (laughs) people argue over anything and not only do people argue over anything they get offended over everything People do not have the ability anymore to disagree agreeably. And you know what? In the world at large, I kind of expect it to be that way. But what grieves me is when Christians have lost the ability to discuss without it degenerating into an argument. What I want to do this morning, this is very uh, intentional, as we're we're following a path this week, and I'm kind of using building blocks. If you were in Sunday school this morning, that was kind of the uh, 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 setting or the tilling of the ground, if I can put it that way, as we think of the scripture being our grid. If you didn't hear it, weren't able to be here, uh, I think maybe it was recorded. I'm not sure. I I recorded it on my phone. I'll put it in audio if you don't have it video-wise. Uh, then you don't have to look at me. You can just listen, okay? Uh, But uh, then today, this morning, what I want to do is I want to preach to you uh, fast and furious here. It's a a sermon titled, Fusses, Fights, and Funerals. Fusses, Fights, and Funerals. We're gonna hop, skip, and jump around a little bit but I really believe and I hope that this will be a help to you because knowing the importance level of the topic we're discussing helps us when discussing with other people. First of all, I want to deal with funerals. Funerals, Romans chapter number 16, I forgot to turn there myself, Romans chapter number 16, if you're not there already, is going to talk to us about what is a funeral issue. Romans chapter 16, beginning in verse number 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple." For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Go to Galatians one more one more passage, chapter number one. Just so you know, I don't have these verses written out, so I have to turn to them as well, because I know sometimes they can get discouraging. Pastors like turn to this one, turn to this one, turn to this one. And then it gets read before we get to it, you know, so I try not to do that. Sometimes for sake of time, we have to do that as preachers, but I'm turning as well. Galatians chapter one, verse number eight. But though we, I still hear some pages, that's good. Galatians 1, eight. but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse 9, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. When we're talking to people, it's important to know what level of issue we're talking about. Three levels, fusses, fights, and funerals. We're going to take them in reverse order, all right? Funerals. A funeral is a topic that we ought to be willing to die over. That's why I call it a funeral. (laughs) What is that? Well, Paul here says, if anyone preaches to you something contrary to the doctrine that you've heard, the gospel, contrary to the gospel, let him be accursed. That's as strong language as possible there. Literally, let that man die and go to hell. This is important. What's Paul saying? There are some things that are worth dying for. The gospel of Jesus Christ, friends, It's worth dying for. Now, you know what? It's also worth living for. But that's a different message. (laughs) Today, we're talking about, listen, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is not something that I can compromise on. Friend, it's not something that you can compromise on. When we are interacting, whether it be friends, coworkers, family, and we're talking about something that is, integral to the gospel, we can't budge on it. What's integral to the gospel? Well, God's word tells us in many different places. But one is the fact that Jesus Christ was and is 100% God. Without Jesus being 100% man and 100% God, you don't have the gospel. So guess what? When I'm talking with a Jehovah's Witness... I can't budge. I can't budge because they don't believe that Jesus is 100% God. When I'm talking with a Mormon, I can't budge because Mormons believe that Jesus, all of us can become gods. There's a real move in our country and even around the world to accept Mormons as fellow Christians. And I can guarantee you this, if you go on YouTube and you look up, um, you know, uh, conservative Christian music or something like that, you're going to come across a lot of Mormons putting out content that's beautiful And, uh, and good music and such. How many of you have ever heard of the piano guys? Right? Incredible musicians. I'm not saying it's wrong to listen to their music. It's not really, most of it's not actually Christian. It's just entertainment. That's not a bad thing, by the way. You know, uh, that's a whole nother message. <laughs> okay, they're all t- they all tie together. But, but they're Mormon. And I get surprised around Christmas time at how many Christians will share the religious content that they're putting out, not realizing they're actually directing people to the Mormon church, if you look at the information. We gotta be careful. Why? Because Jesus Christ being 100% man and 100% God is an issue to wor- worth dying over. That's a funeral issue. The fact that he rose bodily from the grave, that he didn't just rise again spiritually. <laughs> when uh, every Easter we would go over, when I was growing up, we would go over to Grandma Grace's house in Saginaw, Michigan. And we would go over there after our Sunday morning service uh, on, on Resurrection Sunday. And uh, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd get together with our cousins, and, um, you know, our Uncle was there as well. And they had painted eggs. Now, I, I didn't, some people have a problem with Easter eggs, et cetera. If that's you, I don't mean to offend you at all. That's going to fit into another category here in a moment. All right, we'll talk about that. But uh, we didn't know there's anything questionable about Easter eggs. We just liked painting them, and I loved eating them. Uh, so, uh, you know, and th- that's a lot of boiled eggs, let me just tell you. Uh, but uh, they would hide them in the yard as kids. We would go look for them and all this just, just positive memories, you know? But every resurrection Sunday that on cable TV they would put on a religious movie how many of you know what I'm talking about they used to do this okay all right sometimes it was the Ten Commandments you know with uh, Charlton Heston you know as Moses you know a lot of unbiblical things in there but it was still cool to watch the water you know part <laughs> you know it's still cool to watch the watch the the fire the f- pillar of fire you know things like that. Sometimes it was the robe, which is, you know, not biblical, but, you know, it's still religious in nature, whatever. They used to also put Jesus' movies on. And I remember watching one. I always liked to watch them as a kid. And I remember watching one, and it was pretty decent. You know, Jesus was quoting a lot of Scripture uh, and such, and, uh, and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. And they got to the end and I'm, and he's in the grave and all this. And uh, we got to the end and I'm thinking, man, this has been three and a half hours. This has really been a long time. And they left out the resurrection. And I thought, the whole story's building to this point. How can you leave out the resurrection? He dies, he gets put in the tomb, all the disciples are weeping, all that type of stuff. And then they show him like, transparently in the, in the sky saying, go and teach all nations and all this. They left out the resurrection. Listen, you don't have the gospel if you don't have the resurrection. You don't have the plan of salvation if you don't have the resurrection. Friend, if Jesus still died, uh, if, if Jesus is still dead, we are of all men most miserable. Without the resurrection, you do not have Christianity. It's vitally important. The Bible is the word of God. Listen, I, I can't budge on that. That's a funeral issue. When I'm talking with someone, I can be kind. I can be loving. I can be approachable. I can have a sweet spirit. But listen, I cannot budge on who Jesus is. That's a funeral issue. What else? Well, fusses, fights, and funerals, right? We're working our way backwards. Fights. What's a fight? Go to um, Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter number 2. So, Paul, when Paul comes on the scene, he confused a lot of people, right? Because first of all, he's Saul. He's going around killing people and taking them to prison. And then then they say he trusts Christ and he gets saved and everything. And, you know, I'd be nervous, (laughs) right? Well, and then... The Bible teaches, I don't have time to go into this this morning, but the Bible teaches that Jesus himself revealed the truth unto Paul, right? He went to Arabia. He spent a number of years there. I believe it was two years, if I remember it correctly. And Jesus reveals to him uh, about really what the church age is all about. Now, the whole scripture is inspired. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and all of it's profitable. We don't just read the books of Paul. But we also understand that we are living in a certain time period in history, in biblical history. So there are some direct applications that we take, which is why a lot of the instruction for the church is going to come from the works of Paul. It's not that we worship him over Jesus or anything. It's that Jesus gave revelation to Paul. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. But Paul now is being examined by early church leadership. Verse number 10 well, let's go verse number nine. And when James, Cephas, that's Peter, and John, who seem to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go into the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Only, look at this. Only would they that we should remember the poor. Okay, what is it? What are they saying here? Okay, they're going to take the gospel. They're going to, which is more than just the plan of salvation, by the way. Okay, it's the entirety. of, of what makes up our faith, okay? But they're gonna take it to uh, the circumcision and Paul is gonna take it to the heathen. I don't wanna park there except to mention that that, they're taking the gospel. I mean, that's super important. But then they had this other thing that they wanted Paul to remember. And it wasn't gospel. It wasn't funeral, so to speak, but it was still really important. He said, Paul, just, just remember the poor. And Paul says here, which uh, the same, which I also was forward to do. In other words, I was going to do that anyway, (laughs) right? Of course, I was going to remember the poor. It was an important issue. Now, it wasn't the gospel, but it was still important. See, I believe that there are issues in the Christian life that may not be worth funeral. In other words, they're not a fundamental of the faith per se, but they're still important. So I'm going to stand in the middle for that. Okay, how's that? So we've got funeral issues, boom, we're talking to someone, we're talking with a loved one, we're talking with uh, uh, someone we don't know, whatever, we just can't budge here. In this middle category of fights, this is something that I'm really, I am really think it's important. For example, uh, learning about discipleship in the Word of God, that's important, isn't it? Learning about how to pray to the Lord, that's important. That's a vital part of growing in Christ. A lot of the areas of of Christian growth fit into this middle middle category. I'm not going to go out there and argue with someone the right way to pray until they know the Lord. It's irrelevant, right? Until they know the Lord, (laughs) I'm not going to deal with some of these other things. You follow what I'm saying? It's helping us understand, okay, this is a funeral issue that I'm discussing. Okay, now I'm in a fight category. Now, I did try to alliterate, so that's why I call it a fight. But how many of you remember a guy by the name of John Mark? Right? Paul and, uh, and Barnabas are together. John Mark comes on a trip, and he quits early, Right? Well, then Barnabas, it comes time for the next trip, and Paul says, no, he ain't coming with us. Barnabas says, yes, he is. No, he's not. The Bible says the contention was so great between them that what happens? They split. Now, they weren't splitting over the gospel, right? And by the way, they split, but they didn't, this isn't like separation, you understand. It wasn't Paul saying, I am, you know, I'm, I'm saying you're preaching a false gospel. That wasn't it. They just weren't compatible at that time. This is an example of a fight. So what does God do with that? Well, now instead of one evangelistic team, he's got two. There are some churches, let me put it in a way that, how I understand this and how I think of this. There are churches that I will go to preach at, but I wouldn't necessarily join their staff. Now, is that because they're not preaching the gospel? No. Is that because we don't agree on a lot of things? No. It's just maybe we have a different way of doing some things. For example, I'm relatively conservative as a musician. I'm not the most conservative in the world because obviously I'm using equipment. I create tracks and different things. But compared to music in general, I'm conservative, all right? There are some churches that are not nearly as conservative as I am, but they love the Lord And they might use music that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. I can go preach there for a week of meetings. I'll do my music and such. I'm not going to, you know, condemn them, et cetera. They're doing things a little different. And I have biblical reasons why I stand, but it's not a funeral. So I'm not going to go to the next church and preach about how wicked and liberal and evil that church was. You follow what I'm saying? There's a lot of that going on in Christianity. And I really believe it brings shame on the name of Christ. Because I don't, I can disagree with someone and yet not think it's a funeral issue. Because not everything is over here. Some things are right here. Fights, it helps. In fact, Philippians chapter one, you probably know this, but I want to read it just because Well, it's not my authority I'm saying it on, it's God's word. Philippians 1 verse 12 says this, but I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, right? Funeral, boom. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. But look at this, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear, some indeed preach Christ even out of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Here it is. Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and therein do I rejoice. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul is saying, The important thing is we got to get the gospel out. The important thing is we've got to get the faith out. These other things, I'm going to rejoice anyway. He's not saying they're not worth talking about, etc. But maybe you find in your life, you have a tendency like me to elevate some of these middle issues that are very much worth studying. But we tend to elevate them. Okay, we're going to study it, but unless you come to the same position I do, well, I'm going to brand you a heretic. I believe very, very strongly that the Word of God teaches that Jesus is going to come back before the tribulation. I'm a pre-trib guy. I think that's the only way you can really understand some of the teachings of Scripture. I'm not going to preach to you a pre-trib message this morning. We're about done with this one, Okay. But you know, there are some good men that are gonna be in glory with us, some good ladies too, I didn't mean that to be just be the men, but who believe Jesus is gonna come back halfway through the tribulation. I think they're wrong. In fact, I just had a good conversation with a good friend, godly man, pastor of a church. I said, you know what, pastor? You're not gonna convince me, I'm not gonna convince you, but wouldn't it be nice if the Lord let us get raptured according to our view? So I get to go up first. You got to wait around. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) You know, we were able to have a heartfelt discussion without branding each other as as enemies of the gospel. He's not an enemy of the gospel. But it's this category here. Now, it's not going to change me. I still think Jesus is coming back before the tribulation. But that's an example there. Well, let's hit the last one, shall we? Fusses, fights, and funerals, we're working our way backwards. We've got funeral issues. Those are things worth dying over. Fight issues, which are worth having some good discussion over, right? Study over. And these will make differences in what church you go to, right? Okay. But then there are issues that are fusses. And I wasn't even going to go to this passage, but then our young brother here was quoting from Romans 14. Let's go there to end, shall we? Romans chapter 14. Verse number four or verse number three. Nah, gotta start in verse number one. Him that is weak in the faith, receive you, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. For one man, verse 5, esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Sometimes I ask the question when I'm new at a church, I'll say, don't you long, this is a trick, I'm warning you, don't answer me. Okay. Don't you long for the days when we were just biblical about everything and we we all agreed? And you know, in the early church where everything was just solved and, and there were no controversies, it's a trick, and some of you know why. I'm I'm being a little facetious here, but you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 8? 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is, is about meat offered to idols, right? You know, how many chapters does he take to deal with that issue? Eight, nine, ten. That's the that's the first generation church. And he's taken three chapters to deal with a controversial issue. We've always had controversial issues. This idea that, oh, well, we're, you know, we're we're displeasing the Lord because we talk about things and we have disagreements. Listen, it's always been that way. The important thing is here though to realize that Paul, the same man under inspiration who's writing uh, let him be accursed if you preach any other gospel is here saying, why are you judging another man's servant? Is Paul contradicting himself? Of course not. It's a different issue. There are issues that are fusses. And you know what? As we close today, this might be the most difficult thing for us because some of these issues that are fusses cause the most friction. I've known churches that have split because they couldn't agree on the color of the carpet when they were replacing the carpet. In fact, I brought that up at one church recently, and they were in the middle of a building program and they were arguing over the color of the carpet. And you know what? The pastor thanked me, said, I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> but we're actually having a discussion over that. You know, the color of the carpet, well, we're gonna have blue. That's the royalty of Jesus Christ, amen. Besides, he wears a blue sash in every Jesus movie. <laughs> Must be biblical. Other people like y'all it's, it's a red hue, like the blood of Christ, amen. We're more spiritual. <laughs> There's all kinds of things, right? I know that uh, I, I wear a white shirt on Sundays uh, because I like to, but I also do it sometimes so I'm not a stumbling block. There are some places that I've been where uh, if I were to wear a colored shirt on Sunday, that would be viewed as being disrespectful to the pulpit. Guess what? That's a fuss. I mean, you can if you think that way, I, we can disagree and have a good time with it. I'm going to smile. I'm going to say, it's not worth fighting over. It's not worth a funeral, certainly. And it's not even worth fighting over. Now I do this because I'm a guest and who knows where I'm going, et cetera. But so, wire rim glasses used to be a thing. I could start going down the list. Now I'm not saying that you can't have an opinion on things, We've raised our kids. I know your rear children raise cattle, but sometimes there's overlap. (laughs) But we've raised our kids with the way we think things ought to be done, all the way from the truth that no one can argue about, all the way to the nitty-gritty where, hey, you know what? This is just our family. This is how we do it. But what we've done is we've tried to do our best in making sure they know the difference. Because what happens is when we teach a fuss as a funeral, we confuse the next generation. And then they're willing to die over length or width of tie as it's on the same level as the resurrection of Christ. Friends, we ought not do that because then we're setting ourselves up for failure. I really believe understanding fusses, fights, and funerals is going to help us. I'll close with this illustration. I had a, uh, a teacher back in Bible college, who married into a Muslim family. And, uh, of course, his wife was a believer, but I don't remember the details on how it worked out, but when they would have family reunions on her side, a lot of the uh, family was Muslim. And uh, he shared with us in a discipleship class, he said they had no problem using the Lord's name in vain. They would say Jesus Christ a lot, swearing. And he said, it just grieved my heart. So he came up with an idea. He said, uh, he did it on purpose at a, at a family reunion. And uh, I don't know if he dropped something or, or stubbed his toe or something like that, but he said, sweet Muhammad, And he said it was dead silent. And they approached him and said, Listen, you, don't do that. And he said, Well, when you stop saying Jesus Christ, I'll stop saying Sweet Muhammad. Now, it's a family connection. They loved each other, okay? There was history there, it wasn't just a random person on the street, <laughs> okay? But what I appreciated about that is that he found a pointed but creative way to deal with a funeral issue. They didn't want to discuss Christianity. They didn't want to deal with the claims of Jesus Christ and who he was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he found a way to deal with a funeral issue in a way that they would understand. He said, listen, when you, and so they said, okay, we'll stop. We understand He stopped saying, sweet Muhammad. And they stopped using the name of Jesus Christ in vain. That I've always remembered that. Because that was a creative way. I think it's a little risky. But I wasn't in his situation. He stood up for the Lord. You in your life, the Lord's going to bring you into situations where you're going to have to determine, is what I'm dealing with a fuss? a fight, or a funeral. And I really think that if we have these three categories in our mind, it will help us immensely in our relationships with each other and even out into the world. I like every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know what you're normally accustomed to on a Sunday morning. In a moment, I'm going to turn over to Pastor, and he can close as he sees fit. But I want to ask you two questions this morning. I know it's a little bit different of a message. But maybe here this morning and say, you know, Brother Ben, that was a help to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me through that. that. That's a help to me to understand things going on in my life. If that's you, would you simply lift your hand up to the Lord? I'm not going to point you out and embarrass you, but you say, yeah, Brother Ben, I needed that. Amen. 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 I found this to be a help to me. I, I, I would hope it would be a help to others. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. You can put those down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know, Brother Ben... I'm going to have a hard time understanding some of these things because I've not yet trusted Christ. I know it's probably mostly hometown crowd here, but you know, going to a good church doesn't make you a Christian. I could live in a garage, it wouldn't turn me into a car. <laughs> Maybe you've been a longtime church member. Maybe you're a guest here this morning. Maybe you're watching online or listening by way of recording and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Listen, All these other things. What about the world and things are going on? No. What about uh, end times? Listen, none of those things are going to be important if you don't trust Christ anyway. That's the most important thing. That's the funeral issue. A mentor of mine and someone that many of you probably know of, Dr. Frank Garlock, passed away just a few days ago. I was able to spend some time with him. My wife and I went down and, and spent a little time with him. He knew where he was going. Do you? Maybe here this morning, and say, Brother Ben, I don't know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven, but I'd like to know. If that's you this morning, I won't point you out and embarrass you, but would you slip your hand up? Let me pray for you? Anyone at all this morning? If you're watching online and I can't see your hand, the important thing is to realize you're a sinner. God's word teaches all of us are sinners. We've all come short of the holiness, the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. That's not just physical death. That's eternal separation from God forever in a place called hell. But the Father, that's God, the Father, sent the Son, that's Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. And that includes you, friend. If you trust Him, ask Him to forgive your sin and believe that He rose again from the dead, you can be saved this morning. Dear Lord, I thank You for the truth of Your Word. I, I pray You'd help us. Help us understand what we're dealing with when we're talking about something so that we can have better harmony with Christians, Christians that perhaps disagree with us. But, Lord, so we can become more effective, effective servants for you. That's what we desire. Lord, thank you for the hands that were lifted, just representing hearts that were encouraged this morning. Help us as we go from here in this area. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor, you come.